It's time for another adventure in Devil's Canyon, Dream Slayer Studios' RPG podcast actual play of Christopher Gray's great American novel. Everything comes to a head in this episode. The heroes have convinced the Crimson Coyote gang to head off to nearby Montrose to salvage their incoming shipment as they desperately attempt to assemble the Tazimeter in time for the eclipse. A deadly shootout erupts in the hotel as Lillian takes an opportunity to escape the town while the gang is away. Unfortunately, with the reading of the mysterious parchment, the heroes have unwittingly set loose forces from beyond the grave. This podcast is produced by Speak and Tell Studios in Evansville, Indiana, and we thank them for their assistance in getting our little production out to the masses. Be sure and hit that subscribe button for all the upcoming adventures from Dreamslayer Studios. Let's all open up the great American novel to Chapter 5 of Devil's Canyon, A Pale Horse. All right. Hello, everybody. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> let's do just a quick recap of our last session. You guys had been tapped by the Crimson Coyote Gang to build or help build a pair of Gatling guns, uh, which were supposed to be delivered today. You all came up with a little scheme after hearing through Miss Tipple's contact that another gang is kind of moving in on the Crimson Coyote territory and are working to commandeer the shipment that is coming in into Montrose. And Bill went to his old buddy, uh, Roland, Roland Hazard, and kind of tipped him in on this uh, potential move by the rival gang. Um, and Dana, what was the, uh, the name of that gang? I'm sorry, the Shorty Gang? Uh, yeah, that's, that's like the nickname that we gave him, the Shorty Gang. And a good portion of the Crimson Coyote Gang took that to heart and traveled, <coughs> excuse me, traveled up to Montrose in order to confront that gang, at least uh, so we believe. And in the meantime, Lillian has been confronted by a pair of bounty hunters uh, known as the Van Camp Brothers and ha has been given a task to bring Bill to them in order uh, for them to just forget about the price that is on her head. They were not and happy Van Campers. They were not. <laughs> <laughs> And then we also were able to somewhat decipher the message that was in that little parchment that had fallen out of Dr. O'Malley's medical book and have discovered it to be some sort of voodoo ritual or calling or something to that sort. And at this point, I think everybody has kind of dispersed either to their own rooms or homes or Pueblo churches <laughs> to just kind of soak all of this in and figure out where you're going to move next. Uh, the, the plan was to try to, at some point, bring all of the pieces of the Tazimeter up to the ghost ranch in an attempt to assemble it before the coming eclipse uh, with, the, with the hope of being able to activate it at that time when energies are at their highest. So we left off with Lillian 
and uh, the Van Camp brothers and the Van Camp brothers have taken their leave of her room and are basically just shacked up across the hallway uh, from her. Based off of that, I'd like to start with Miss Tipple. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Rusty, the uh, blacksmith, and I'm going to see if I can, if he'll let me borrow. We're friends. You know, he lets me go in his cave and take his parts and things. Um, So I'm going to go and borrow his wagon and I'm going to bring it back to the hotel. I'm going to park it behind the hotel in the alley near the back door. Okay. So you come out of your room there at the hotel and walk down the hallway, come around the corner to where Lillian's room is and directly across the hall from her is a, uh, a gentleman that looks like this. And he has pulled a chair out of his room and is seated in the hallway with his feet up uh, on the wall, pretty much like blocking the whole hallway. And he's leaning back in his chair. He's got his hat just tipped down over uh, his face just a little bit. Uh, so he's kind of blocking your way. Uh, pardon me, I've got to get to the outhouse. He looks up from underneath and he says, oh, well, pardon me, ma'am. He stands up, moves through the side of the chair and motions to the side. And I just sneak on past, walk on past and head downstairs. Okay. And Lillian, you heard that little exchange from outside. It's been several minutes uh, since uh, the, the Van Camp brothers took their leave, but after hearing that, you do realize that he is still outside your door. All right. Um, hmm. um, I, I have definitely been agitated since they left, pacing around my room, thinking about ways out of the predicament. But with all of that distraction, I do, uh, like, it, it suddenly comes to me in a flash that I think I know what that incantation or that invocation actually meant so i you know it's one of those discoveries it just happens right so so i sit down and i find the stationery that's obviously in the desk there in the hotel room so i write this down um and get it out of my head just sort of in a in a flash i'm I'm writing this down thinking who am i who am i gonna tell how do i get this out i don't know when i'm gonna have a chance to you know see anybody again i'm kind of trapped in here it seems but I need to get out some way or other, and I'll just um, I'll just wait for an opportunity to sneak out and maybe investigate, like look out the window, see if there's a way out. You look out the window, uh, and you see Miss Tipple getting ready to cross the street from the hotel, and directly below you, like about a story below, you're you're up on like the second floor so i mean really not even a story below you but just outside your window is the awning that covers the uh the covered walkway there in front of the hotel now getting down from there you know would be a bit of a jump to get down but if that was a potential way out that might work for you uh but you do see miss tipple now crossing the street do i try to let's see get her attention (laughs) 
<laughs> look up here. Look up here. Hey, you. Hey, you. Um, if I shout, I think the guy outside my door is going to hear me. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. If I'm going to roll a die, I have to like do it digitally, I think. We can create a conflict here. Uh, and then that would be, I can offer to create one for you. And that means that if I create it, if you fail, a potentially negative effect might uh, come uh, of this. Uh, but if you accept the offer, then you receive a plot point. What were the choices? <laughs> the, pill, um, the blue pill, the green pill. Yeah. Uh, there, there's really, there's no conflict on the table uh, at this point other than oppression. You've got oppression outside uh, being the uh, uh, Van Camp brother that's kind of camped outside and fear as well. So, I mean, if you want to attack one of those, you certainly can, or I can create a new one for you. If you fail, then I get to narrate whatever effect might come out of that. So she's, is she leaning out the window waving? She was, this, yeah. Look at here. That kind no, of she, not, not yet. She didn't do look okay, up here yet. She didn't do that. <laughs> okay. So you do have your back to her at this point. Mm -hmm. I have a mission. So I can, I can wait. Also, um, and see what happens. Like I may, I may just be writing right now <laughs> and can bide my time. Okay. And is there a certain thing that you're waiting for? If there's some sort of, like if I hear the guy get up to, to leave or there's some conversation that, that draws him away or some something, um, or if I can create some sort of distraction with the, the you know, the magical potions and smokes and things like that. I may do, I may be able to do that. Okay. You want to take a moment and think about a potential distraction while I move to Miss Tipple? Yeah. Okay. Why don't you do that? Uh, so we'll go to Miss Tipple who's heading over to the Blacksmith. uh, blacksmiths, right? So, uh, you arrive uh, at the blacksmith. It's just down the street a little bit, still within uh, eyesight of the hotel. Um, so it doesn't take you very long to get over there at all. So you have arrived. I'm going to look and see if Rusty's around. Rusty? Uh, what, what the hell do you want? You know what time it is. I'm real sorry to bother you, Rusty. I just need to borrow your wagon. If it's all right, I'll bring it back in the morning. I've just got to move some of my things out of my room. I'm, I'm going to move down the, the way to a different place. Did you find some place here in town finally? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay uh, near the ghost ranch. Near the ghost ranch? <laughs> oh, yeah. Huh? Outside of town. Uh, yeah, all right. I, I I suppose. Let me uh I guess let me get her hitched up. It's kind of a late in the evening to be get doing this, isn't it? I know. I, I can handle it if, if you want me to. I can take care of that. No, uh, no, I'll I'll come on out and help you. Just hold on, let me get my pants on. <laughs> He's in his overalls. <laughs> so we're hitching up the wagon. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Rusty. I really appreciate this. I'll bring it back to you in the morning. And I ride down, down the way. 
Okay, so Lillian, you do now hear a horse uh, going by outside in a wagon. Coconuts. So, yeah, I guess I'm still waiting. I mean, I can see through the crack in the door mm-hmm. that, that he's still there, um, Van Camp. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, I know she came, she passed by um, to leave, so I'm expecting she'll pass by again. Oh, you mean on the on the cart? In the hallway. Oh, um, when, when she comes back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I may hold off and wait and see. Okay. All right. So, Miss Tipple, where are you taking the cart? I'm going to put it behind the hotel there in, in like an alleyway, probably. Mm-hmm. Probably a back door back there. So I'm going to park it in the alley, tie up the horse to a post, and I'm going to head back up to Julius's room. Okay. And as you go up the stairs to the second floor, uh, once again, you'll have to pass by Dixon Van Camp. He gets up this time as you're, uh, as you're coming past, and he says, this is my long trip to the outhouse. <laughs> well, a woman's got to do what a woman's got to do. Uh, I suppose. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. Are you you just gonna sleep here in the hallway? You you know, there's lots of beds around. Well, that's true. Uh, I suppose me and my roommate here have uh, gotten into a little bit of an argument, and I'm just uh, out here trying to cool off a bit. Oh, I understand. Couples quarrel. I understand completely. Uh, we're not a couple, ma'am. Oh. Hey, did you ever? Uh, Hear the one about the about Santa Claus, why his uh, uh, sack was so big. Why is that? Well, he only comes once a year. <laughs> oh, ma'am, you're nasty. <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go head up and uh, talk to a friend of mine. If you don't mind, I'll. I'll mosey on. Yep. Mosey on then. Evening. Pleasure talking to you. Thanks for the joke. Well, you're mighty welcome. So while um, <laughs> whilst he's roaring in laughter, I think I've managed to wedge the window open and um, start to take a look out and, and chart my course that'll be down to the ledge. And I think if I can skirt down the the edge a bit there's a drain pipe that i can shimmy down so i'm going to get my um you know change into the most appropriate clothes for that sort of maneuver and it's it's dark out and most everybody's inside from usual fear um so i think i can i think i can do that okay so we we will add a conflict to the table then which is uh escape the hotel rolling yep and that's going to be i think that's going to be satiate which is uh instinct roll and you are rising correct yes so if you have any bonuses for that you know you may add that as well so anything on your instinct uh plus any bonuses on the instinct as well 
So I rolled a nine, and if I'm rising, I'm plus two instinct. No, right? that doesn't have anything to do with the okay. actual rising, unless you have a plus two next to your instinct. So what 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 is in your oh, instinct no. box? Wait, wait, wait. Let me see. What are the my what are my choices? Oh, personality and um, morality. So I don't have a zero. Okay, so the roll is a straight nine. So that is a success, uh, and you are able to shimmy down without being heard. Uh, you probably have to hang off of the ledge just a little, maybe grab onto the post that's holding it up, and then you're able to kind of climb down that way uh, without being heard. Once you're down there, where is it that you would like to go? I'm going to go, um, and if the um, if that pipe is at all loose, it really looks like it could be part of the the tazimeter contraption. So I might, I might yank a piece of that off and stick it into my bag, but I'll, I'll continue. And if it's not loose, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. You, I think you can probably wedge that loose. So, you know, it's always handy to have a little bit of lead pipe. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm going to head over to Elias's place. Okay. Or is he at the docks? I'm going to stop by the doctors in order to check in on the uh, Miss Trudy's girl, uh, but I, I anticipate being at my place, but we're, we're right down the road from each other. We're not far. Okay. <clears throat> so you had mentioned you were going to check at the doctor's place anyway first. So yes. uh, if, if you do arrive there, you can see that there's a light on inside. Okay. So I um, guess I knock and see who comes to answer the door. Oh, uh, Miss Lillian, I, I was not expecting you. Is everything all right? Um, hi, Alex. Um, it, everything's not all right, but I don't want you to worry. You've got a lot going on. Um, actually, it looks like you're not alone here. Am I interrupting? Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm taking care of a Miss Ava. Uh, she is in a bad way due to a, a bad business transaction. But but, but please, I, I welcome you in. Oh, gosh. That sounds horrible. Um, it is, ma'am. Okay. Um, well, I'll come. I'll come in. I, I want to be brief because um, I've got a I've got some business to do of my own. And really, I'm just here because I um I had to get out of the hotel and I didn't want to see Julius before I left. Um, I, I just feel like there's something I wanted to get to him and I, I think I can trust you with it and I want to leave it um, for you to get to him. I just don't think I can face him. Um, I think I may, I may be about to do something he wouldn't approve of, and I don't want him to think badly of me. So, well, cer certainly, ma'am, uh, I, I can get him a message. W would you like me? Would you like to dictate, and I shall take notes, or have you already written it out? Um, I have written it out, but oh, well, that reminds me actually, because I, I was what I was thinking of giving you was a, a little uh, roll of money. But your mention in the writing it out reminds me that I am carrying this um, this letter for you. Uh, but first, let me give you this roll of cash. I know that you're trustworthy, and I can leave this with you for Ju for Julius because he needs this to build the tasmeter. Certainly, ma'am. 
but are you okay? Do you need, do you need cash? This is not all I've got. You know, I've, I've got a lot more than people know. Oh no, no, ma'am. I, I, I'm all right. I make it by. I'm, I'm unfortunately, my business has been booming lately. And while the coyote gang does not pay full rate, they do reimburse me for expenses. I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, Okay. You hold on to that for yourself. It sounds like you may need it if, if you're in a bit of a way. Well, is that is that Miss Ava all right? Does she need any money? Is she doing okay? Well. You said um, there was a business transaction and. Uh, of sorts, yes. She, she works across the way for Miss Trudy. Are, are you familiar with her establishment? I am, yeah. Yeah, so. Honestly, she could use some money right now. I think it would help her out of her predicament. And I would be more than happy to pay you back for anything you gave to her. I, I could help her with that. You, we, we could consider it a loan. But, I yeah. appreciate that. You can think of it that way if it helps. But I, I just, I would feel better to know that somebody, that this will help somebody. Um, well, I believe it certainly would, ma'am. Okay. You know, it may be, think about it too. I, I may be safer without carrying it myself in case, um, in case of any situations. So I'd feel safer if you, if you kept it and took care of it. And so I will give you um, a much bigger wad of cash. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Okay. So then um, I am going to get out of here and get out of your way hastily Um you know, I'm looking out the door, see if anybody's behind me. But um, before I leave, I can I can give you this um, this note that I've written. Um, but I'm not sure how I can do that without. Can I do that privately? We'll step What's inside. That? What's that? You, you can step inside. It's all right. Miss Ava is <laughs> sleeping. It's. <laughs> I, if you're uncomfortable with me, ma'am, I understand. It would not be the first time somebody's made a comment as such. I don't take offense. Uh, a fine woman like yourself and an older man like me behind closed doors is, is something to get tongues a wagging, especially in this town. But w would you like to step inside, ma'am? Would you feel more comfortable? No, no, I really can't stay. Um, let me just give you this letter. I'm going to dig around in my bag. It's buried under, um, is that a lead pipe in your bag? <laughs> it is. I'm, you know, I, maybe I should leave this with you too for, for the tazimeter along with the tool that I picked up from the eel boy. I'm sorry. The who? <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story. Lance. Don't, um, Oh yes. You said you wanted to be brief. <laughs> Confusing is perhaps a better word, but so Lillian, are you looking to try to uh, give Elias yeah. the the translation that you have kind of uh -huh. come up with? Is that what you're working yeah. on? I, you could probably share it through here, Kurt. You might be able to tell her how to do that, or uh, if you wanted to just post it on the Facebook page or send it in a message to Mike, you might be able to do that. Good idea, because I I know in the chat in some zooms i'm able to do it but i wasn't able to do it here let me put it okay. in i sent you a private chat ma'am it's 
a new type of correspondence from the telegraphy company. <laughs> it's quite fascinating. It's something called in, encryption, I think. It's a way to, uh, almost like a secret code. Vamp. <laughs> okay, so uh, while that's happening, let me just check in with Bill. Uh, you've headed back up to uh, your encampment uh, up at the top of the hill at this point, right? Yeah. Was there anything up there that uh, that you needed to do, uh, or were you planning on just turning in? I, I was planning on just getting up there and just, you know, maybe having some dinner and, and whatever, because I knew we were planning some stuff for this evening, but I think it was just that uh, we were parting ways for the, for the late afternoon and, and might just have something to eat and then start heading back into town once once the sun starts to set. Okay. Yeah. And we're definitely at that point uh, now as far as sunset and so forth. So once yeah, so you head back I'll into town. Settle up Clyde yeah, and head on down. You really could probably be getting back and just seeing Miss Tipple heading into the hotel at that point, you know, after she had hitched up the horse from uh, from behind the uh, the hotel. Uh, so you, you maybe would have noticed her walking back in, maybe not noticing what it was that she had done before, but maybe you witnessed her coming out of the alley, you know, from behind mm -hmm. there. Well, I'll, uh, I'll uh, tie Clyde up there at the hitching post and, and head into the hotel and uh, head upstairs to see if I can catch up with Miss Tipple. Okay. So you go upstairs. Uh, you hear a conversation up there uh and a really terrible joke about santa claus um <laughs> from up at the top of the stairs <laughs> and a little bit of laughter coming from a male and a female and the gentleman says well mosey on then and, and you hear footsteps walking off as you're coming around the corner well i'll i'll kind of as as i'm heading up the steps there i'll kind of take pause because you know those the male voices are unfamiliar and uh, it, it, it kind of raises my, my awareness a little bit. Uh -huh. And um, <clears throat> you know, especially with the, the, the one voice kind of allowing, you know, allowing somebody to pass, which is kind of an odd thing for a, a hotel hallway. Um, so I'll kind of just step back down onto the first floor and uh, take a seat near the bottom of the stairs um, in the lobby or the bar or whatever's down there and um, just kind of bide my time and keep my ear, eyes and ears open. Okay. While you are there, you know, you kind of have your attention drawn a little bit, you know, up uh, towards the steps and so forth, but uh, you catch something out of the corner of your eye through the window. And it seems like it's a, it's a billowing skirt <laughs> that is just hanging <laughs> from the awning <clears throat> then kind of shimmies down out of sight. All right. So, so something's definitely going on and uh, I will uh, step out, you know, under, under the awning just outside mm -hmm. and uh, just kind of post up there and uh, try to keep an eye on both, <laughs> you know, keep an eye on the entrance to the hotel and kind of, kind of see what's going on down the street and, you know, just kind of take that sort of, protective stance and, and see what, see what's going on. Cause I, I wasn't expecting all this conversion. Sure. 
But once you uh, kind of look out the swinging doors there, you can see uh, just not in the very far distance, Lillian uh, kind of scampering across the street and heading down towards the doctor's office. Okay. I think with um, with what I've seen, you know, uh, she obviously climbed out of her room upstairs and, and, yep. and took off. And so there's obviously something going on upstairs. So I'll, I'll head back in and just kind of start, you know, with the awareness that I have, start start heading upstairs and um, seeing what I see up there. Okay. So you get to the top of the stairs, come around the corner, and you see uh, a man seated in a chair outside of a room, which is kind of odd up here. It's a very narrow hallway. Uh, so there's really only enough room to for one person really to walk down the center of the hallway. So he's kind of blocking the hall. And then once you make an appearance around the corner, he kind of he kind of does this. He's he's sitting there and just kind of yawns a little bit. He looks over at you and then he looks again. <laughs> <laughs> he says Excuse uh, me, feller, I uh just need to scoot past you here. Um uh yeah, uh sure. Yeah. And he gets up moves it to the side and and lets you pass thanks now that is uh a friend of mine's room up here i'm just coming up to say hi well don't let me stop you no oh, don't worry much obliged then i go and uh knock on miss tipple's door you go around the corner where her room is uh and you hear as as you're getting ready to knock, you hear a door open from the hallway that you just came out of, and then shut. Okay, um, I, I will pull pull up the knock and just sort of um, get the hand on the gun and kind of turn towards that noise and just stand there and wait for a minute. Okay, and there's silence. No footsteps. No footsteps. I'll go ahead and knock, but still keep my attention towards mm-hmm. towards the hallway. We'll take it as though Miss Tipple has already entered. Well, let's backtrack just a moment here. So, Miss Tipple, you've gone to Mr. Julius's room. This is a little bit before this. Uh, so, you've just told your joke, come around the corner, gone to Mr. Uh, Dr. Julius's room, and you've knocked, I assume, at this point, yes? Dr. Randolph? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, who is it? Are you awake? Uh, I, I am. I'm, I'm working. Um, who is it? Uh, it's it's Miss Tipple. Can I come in? Uh, can you wait just a moment, please? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I'll be ready for you just in a second. I go and I sort of freshen up the bed and uh, check and make sure my tie is properly knotted and then um, and that I look clean enough, and I open the door. Yes, Miss Tipple, what can I do for you? Um, can I come in? Yes, yes, please come in, come in, come in, come in. I'm sorry about the mess. It's terrible. I'm sorry. So I look around the door and I shut the door. Can I help um, you with something? It's, it's very late. Dr. Randolph, that is exactly yes. why I'm here. Um, it's the middle. It's going to be dark soon, and yes. most of the Coyote Gang are out of town in Montrose. Um, and I think that we can get all of these parts up to the Pueblo Church uh, uh, tonight. 
but Fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. I have a wagon waiting. Um, there is a man in the hallway though, and I'm not sure who he is. So okay. we're gonna have to somehow disguise the parts, but I have an idea if you're with me on this. Yes, yes. Uh, and you hear is that door. my is that a door is that a knock on our door is yes that, is that on my door or was that the one across the, the hallway there that, that that's your door excuse me mr Blue, i have this I, I crack open the door a little bit and said yes yes hello can i help you oh uh hey there feller um ah yes mr mr mclean it's a pleasure to see you uh, Thank you yeah so doc uh mind if i just step in real quick, and I hope I'm not interrupting anything. Uh, no, well, I, I, I look back to make sure the room is suitable. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yes, I open the door for Bill. Uh, yes, yes, it's a very exciting night here, I must say. So yes, please come in. Yes, please. And as I come in, I kind of come in quickly and, and shut the door quickly. And I was like, uh, you, you folks all right? I, uh, there's, a, there's a fella in the hallway, and then... Um, I don't know. I just I got a got a funny feeling about something going on up here. Y'all y'all all right? Well, I think we're uh, Miss Tipple. Are, are we fine? I mean, I don't see any reason for. There's a you both keep talking about a fellow in the hallway. I don't quite. What, what do you What do you mean a fellow in the hallway? Yeah, there was a guy out there. I, my impression that he's keeping watch on something, and then uh, somebody opened the door and came out of one of the rooms, but didn't go anywhere. So. Uh, I feel like we might have might have a little trouble outside if, if once we decide to go. Mm. So the plan is you you think that it's okay with all these people wandering in the hallway to get the tasimeter out of here tonight? I think we'll have to disguise it. We'll have to disguise the tasimeter and all the parts. And I start heading for the bed sheets, and I take the bed sheets and I lay it on the ground, and. The pillows. But, oh, it's a significant towel. amount of machinery, as you can see. So, what we might we disguise? Like dead bodies? What? what I don't understand. What do we disguise? Exactly. It? So, it, like so we're I taking start... three dead bodies out of the. That's a yes. better idea than the tasmeter itself. Because if we get stopped, we can tell them that it's cholera dead. Ah, cholera. And... Is, uh, is it, has the cholera taken hold that much of these communities? I don't know if they know that, but we will mm -hmm. tell them that. And mm -hmm. we'll tell them that we mm -hmm. didn't want anyone to panic and we were going to downplay it. So we're going to move them in the middle of the night when there aren't that many people in the streets. I'm very, very, but do we have to like unmake my bed to do that, you think? Or is it yes. like? <laughs> yes, of course. Okay. And I would have brought okay. mine in my bed sheets as well, but that guy in the hallway, I, I'm not sure what he's up to. He's sitting outside Lillian's room. Yeah, I, I I don't know I, I don't know why those guys are there, but uh, I you know I'll, I'll back you up on whatever you got, but I don't know if that uh, I don't know if they're gonna care if they're they're cholera dead or whatever gizmo y'all got going, but uh, I don't know. Well, Mr. You have your arms. Got a bad feeling about those guys. You have your arms prepared in case something happens. You ready? Uh, always yes. Mm, very good, very good. Well, it sounds like a somewhat doable plan somewhat but so yes let's go for it so let's take apart my bed go for it have fun they're tying up the bits and pieces and putting the parts in there and uh etc etc and then i take a piece off and i wrap a rag around my face like a mask and 
I toss one to uh, Julius and I toss one to Bill as well. If he wants to wear one, are we mm. ready? Let's take, I, I hate to say is, this, but let's, yeah. let's take some of my clothes out of the closet and, and, and wrap some of these parts in it. Cause it, it looks a little me mechanical still. It, it doesn't, you can tell there are sort of metal parts in here. I think we should, as much as I hate to take some of my suits and just wrap them around some of the metal. So it looks a little more organic. Great idea. Uh, so, so we're ready to go. I think so. I suppose so. Mr. McLean, let us. Yeah, why don't uh, why don't y'all let me go first, and then we'll uh, we'll see what see what we got going. And the wagon's out the back, so let's go down the back stairs. So okay. I guess we open the door and start dragging <laughs> dragging what hope looks <laughs> what we hope looks like cholera ridden dead bodies down the okay. back stairs. I, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out crying, though. Okay, because so they know I was staying here, so. It's my family, okay? I was going to pretend that it's my my mother and father who who visited me and they uh, passed away from cholera, okay? So I'm just going to, I'm going to cry a little bit as we go out the door. It's going to be a little sad. Here we go. All right. And on that dramatic note, I'm going to switch back to Lillian. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm, I've, I've pressed this um, letter into Elias's hand. And I'm going to take my leave, but I try to explain to him as, you know, in my disjointed and quick way that um, this came to me in a flash. I, I could be wrong, but it, it just seemed so clear to me that when we looked at it the other day, earlier in the day, um, there were just too many meetings presenting themselves for anyone to make sense. So it was a jumble, but that's because any, you know, if we, we have to take them all together, like the multiple unfathomable possibilities taken all at the same time in a sort of singularity of otherworldly outcomes. Only then can we see what might occur if these words are spoken, if they're heard by those souls whose ears have long since ceased to hear and by the physical forms whose spirits have fled. So with that, I'm trusting you with this interpretation and I, I really have to go. Um, so, if he has nothing, if he is standing in stunned silence, I'm going to make my leave. <laughs> and indeed, it appears he has been stunned into silence. <laughs> Ma'am, do be careful. I'll get your note to Julius, and I pray we shall see each other again. I too, Elias. Thank you. So I am heading out and my intention before I go to see the Manconi troop and rejoin my traveling band of troubadours, I'm gonna have to have, if I can find him a conversation with Cornelius. You want to have a conversation with Cornelius? Yes. Okay, it, just you and not, not the magician, just you. Right. Okay, got it. Okay, so the best place to catch up with him is going to be at the gambling hall. Okay. Because that's usually where he will hang out, especially at this time of night. Elias, did you get the message that she left you, and have you had a chance to read it? Uh, as she wandered away, I looked at the note, and while I understand it's for Julius, Elias can be a nosy man. And yes, he looked at it and read it. Okay. 
And then do you have any sort of reaction to that? Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, this, oh, this is getting very real very fast. Hmm. I suppose I need to go see Julius and get this to him as soon as possible. And I'm going to turn around and look, and Ava's still kind of passed out. So I'm going to go in and open up a drawer and take that giant wad of cash and set it in there. Wait, was that supposed to go to Julius? The small wad of cash? Yes. So the big wad, I'm I'm going to put a lot of it in there. I'm going to take the stuff for Julius and put it in my pocket and check on her and then lock the door and start heading over to the uh, hotel. Shuffling that way. All right, and Bill had to leave uh, for just a moment, so I'm going to now shoot back to Lillian, and we'll have the conversation with uh, Cornelius. Okay, so I'm arriving at the gambling hall. Do I see him? Yeah, uh, he is uh, seated at the bar uh, and kicking back a, a, a scotch. So I guess he's Mr. Callahan to me. Yep, and he is seated there with uh, Nelson Morrow and Sherwood, his brother. Okay. And they seem to be in deep conversation, and and they all three seem rather troubled. Okay. Um, Mr. Callahan. What? What? What is it? Uh, it's you're the magician lady. Uh, yes, um, I, I am the magician's assistant. I wanted to have a word with you. It's sort of important. And I think, I think you'll want to hear this. Well, I suppose yeah, you've got my attention. Would you mind if we stepped aside? Yeah, whatever you got to say to me, you can say in front of my boys. Okay. This is of a, a personal nature. Are you sure? Well, this is my brother and this is my right hand man. Okay. So go on, speak. Well, as you know, I, I not only assist the magician, but I also sometimes hear voices and um, receive messages from beyond. And I've received an unexpected message that I'm led to believe is a message from your son. Who? Um, what, now? what now? There were two voices coming together almost as one. And they spoke as your son who has passed, or sons. Um, Does that sound familiar? Does that sound possible to you? Yes. Yes, it does. I I lost two of my boys. I'm sorry. What did they say? The message was clear enough, I suppose, um, that that I wanted to share it with you in case it was of use to you. And I don't mean to make you tear up in front of your, your, you know, your right-hand man and your compadres there, but I wanted to let you know this message was to convey to you that they miss you, but it wasn't a message of comfort. They wanted to reveal to you that there was not just a single cause of their demise um, before their time. Indeed, um, there was, I say, a plot um, and collusion to bring them to their, their unfortunate end. 
and this involved, and please don't blame me for, for passing on this message. They said, waver, waver. Um, the method, Waverly. the name that, Waverly. That, that sounds like the name. And in addition to others who are strangers to this town, but were a part of this business who now stay at the hotel on the second floor. Um, they have arrived from the West. God damn it. Those sons of bitches. And it was, I mean, they, they bear no, well, they bear a little bit of ill will toward these gentlemen, but it was this, it was this waver character who wanted to be in your good graces and didn't feel that was possible while, while the sons were alive. But Son of a bitch. But certainly the two gentlemen at the hotel, the strangers to this town are really behind the machinations that, that brought about this circumstance. Well, Mrs. You've done a good service here tonight. Sherwood, Nelson, let's go. And they immediately get up and make a beeline to the front uh, of the building and they head outside. So we're now we're going to shift back to uh, Dr. Julius, Bill, and Miss Tipple. You guys are getting ready to walk out. Dr. Julius is uh, is <laughs> working on his weeping <laughs> and wailing, uh, and Bill is at the door and is opening it up to go outside. What's uh, what is your action as you're as you're opening the door? Um, I just kind of got, I've got you know pushing the door open, or I guess pulling the door open. And I've got kind of a hand on my hip, you know, not exactly on my gun, but ready to go. And um, we all have masks on. And I think we all have the intent to, uh, you know, to act like people getting, you know, diseased dead bodies out of a room. And uh, so I'm kind of opening the door and, and looking back and, and, and getting those, you know, trying to act like I'm coordinating getting bodies out of a room. Okay. So you step out, the door opens outwards, and start motioning this way, and you see at the end of the hallway there, the corner uh, that you had come around to get to Dr. Julius's, you see the gentleman that you had walked past, uh, Dixon, here, and as soon as he sees you, you hear him say, Hurley, and another guy comes around the corner looking like that. All right. And Hurley speaks, and he has his gun drawn. And he says, well, <laughs> I'll be a ding-dang son of a bitch. <laughs> Here we are in Devil's Canyon, and look who just walks right into our little hotel. Bill McLean. Hold on, fellas. We, uh, you, know, you know about this cholera outbreak going on. We got a couple of couple of people that just died of it in here. We're just trying to get them out. All right. Well, I, I su suggest you keep your distance. Well, why don't you just leave them in there, shut the door, and you come right on over to us. All right. I kind of look over my shoulder and tell 
Miss Tipple and, and the doc to uh, hold back a minute. You know, I'll step out there and like, I, I just step out into the hallway. I don't walk towards them. Hand on my pistol. Now, take it nice and slow. You're going to walk right on over here to me. I start uh, walking. Excuse me, gentlemen, gentlemen. Um, I, look, I'm, I'm sorry. I, something I know is going on here, but you don't appear to be wearing masks. And you have to understand that this color is very dangerous. And these dead bodies here, could you could get it without the masks. I don't know what's going on between you two, but just know you're in a severe state of danger at this very moment. Bill, why don't you shut old fancy Dan up there, tell him to get back in that fucking room and come Your on lives. over here to me. Your lives. I'm trying to help. <laughs> Doc, I'll, uh, you just hang back. I'll, I'm going to have a, a conversation with my friend up here. Please. I'll just now shut the, shut <clears throat> the door. I'll just start walking towards him. I don't shut the door. Who else you got in there? Uh, we just got a couple of, couple of bodies and a couple of people trying to get them out. All right. Are they armed? They are not. Guess I'm gonna have to take you at your word since you're walking towards me like that. That's what you got. From behind you, Bill, uh, you hear footsteps clamoring up the back staircase to this hallway. And around the corner, you hear another voice that says, Hurley Van Camp, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you'll whip around uh, and you see uh, Cornelius Callahan. And that's from behind me? From so behind like you. I, I'm between him and the Hurleys. You are, yes. All right. Uh, and then, of course, his brother Sherwood is right behind him and his right-hand man here, Nelson. All right. I'll be like... Okay, um, well, it seems like y'all know each other. I'm just going to step back into the room here. It sounds like you guys have urgent business. I'll leave you, you stay right it. where you are. Don't you move a muscle, Bill McLean. That's Hurley. All right. Looks like, sounds like you gentlemen have issues with uh, Mr. Hurley over here. Cornelia says, you shut up. Hurley, you've been in business with my son. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You turned like, him against me. I, I don't even know your son. What were you going to say, that, Bill? So is that, we, we just, you were just bragging about that. You were just uh, talking about cheating somebody. and uh, is, would, That wouldn't be your son, would it? You shut your mouth. You don't know nothing about going on, what's going on here. No, you tell me. This is Cornelius. You tell me. What did he tell you about my son? Uh, he was just talking about how he had taken advantage of some people and killed them. And uh, he's, he, he said he was going to do the same to me. God damn it. I knew I shouldn't have trusted you. Blow. And he takes a shot. Uh, so at this point, now we have uh, a conflict on the board. Shootout in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Bill, you're going to need to roll something. Uh, and that's either going to be to, uh, protect, keep yourself safe or potentially lash out, uh, if you want to participate in said shootout. I think I will. I, I, I believe that Bill would kind of instinctively participate and, um, fire toward the Hurleys along with the, the fellow that came up behind me. Okay. 
All right, then uh, you may roll lash out. Uh, and since you I have reached your peak, it doesn't cost you anything to to do a falling move. Now you are still rising, so that is uh, an instinct roll. So if you have any pluses uh, on your instinct, you know if you have a one in instinct and then a plus one if rising or anything like that, you add both right. of those to it. Okay, I just have a regular one for instinct. So. Okay. And I just rolled a seven. Okay, so that is an eight. So that is a success. Uh, so gunfire erupts in the hallway. And the first shot fired comes from Cornelius Callahan. And because it happened just so quickly, you didn't really have time to really get out of the way. You were probably making a move for your gun, which is probably what saved you. But it does clip your shoulder. Uh, So you take just a little flesh wound to the shoulder. But you whip around and take a shot, and you end up shooting uh, Hurley and taking him down. And the gunfire kind of continues, and Dixon takes a shot at Cornelius uh, and catches him right up here in the shoulder. Sherwood pulls his gun, or he already had it drawn anyway, and he uh, ends up shooting Dixon. And bullets then are just flying back and forth. Dixon kind of leaps over to the side and starts shooting around the corner. And through this melee that happens here, Hurley and Dixon are both shot dead in the hallway. Cornelius is uh, is bleeding uh, pretty profusely from the wound that he took. He also ends up getting shot uh, in the lower belly, like right around his appendix area. And Sherwood, his brother, after uh, taking his shot at Dixon, ends up getting shot in the eyeball, and he falls over uh, dead. And kids, that's what happens when you don't wear your mask. (laughs) That's right. Um, So I I try to kind of, you know, after, after I take my shot and, and things are going back and forth. I try to just kind of back back into the room or, or you know, like slide down and back into the room. You're able to get into the room. Uh, do you shut the door? Um, no, I don't think I would I'd have the opportunity to, to pull the door closed. Okay. So you hear outside Cornelius going, ah, God damn it. Oh, shit. <laughs> and Nelson, you can hear him kind of clamoring over to him. And he says, uh, Cornelius, Cornelius, are you all right? God damn it. No, I'm not all right. He goddamn shot me in my side. Son of a bitch. And uh, so you can hear Nelson kind of trying to care for Cornelius as best he can out in the hallway. But it's just they're cussing at each other and cussing the Hurleys. And uh, you hear other uh, members there that are shacked up there at the hotel kind of screaming and and carrying on and doors are opening and closing people are looking out and slamming doors and so forth it's just mass chaos up there like um all right doc miss tibble if we're gonna get out of here we need to get out of here um so let's uh let's get take advantage of this and let's uh let's head out the back we're not gonna get shot are we i don't think so okay let's go if you try to 
if you try to head out the back, that was the back staircase that uh, uh, Cornelius and his uh, gang just came up. So you're going to have to go by Cornelius and Nelson to get out of there. Or you go uh, the other way and go out the front. um, What do you think, Miss Tipple? Where's where's your stuff? Uh, It's around the back. So... Um, all right, let's. Um, you might have to step over a couple of fellas, but um, let me. Let me. Uh, are they let's, dead? Let's, are they dead? Uh, I don't think so. One of them's custom pretty good. So uh, let's, uh, let's 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 head out into the hallway. I'll I'll, right, I'll right. go first. You guys grab the the stuff. So we uh, had a hit head, head out into the hallway, hang a left, and and start uh, trying to work our way out to the back. Okay, so you're heading down towards Cornelius and Nelson at this point. Yeah. Uh, and Nelson is, is feverishly trying to put pressure on the wound on uh, Cornelius's side. And he says, uh, he looks up to you and he says, Hey, is there a doctor around here somewhere? Uh, oh, sorry, not that kind of doctor. You're <laughs> <laughs> uh, more like it's more like a sort of it's a different kind of doctor. We, we, the name's doctor, but it's not really. We don't really know how to do this stuff. Sorry, man. We're we're, we're headed out the back, but uh, we 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 can try to help get you some help. But let we need to get out this way. You want me to help you take take your man down the stairs and out the back? Uh, yeah, yeah. Here. Come on, Cornelius. Let's get you up. Oh, so try to... God damn it. Son of a bitch shot me. Yeah, we don't we don't need to worry about those other guys. They're both dead. We can get out of here. Aren't these guys the bad guys? Aren't they the bad guys? Nope. These are these are these are okay guys. We're... I thought these were the coyote gang guys. <laughs> these are right <laughs> they, for now. They, yes, yes, Kurt. They are the coyote gang guys. Bill's just <laughs> trying to cover for you. <laughs> How do we care? These, you know, nope. We're all right. We got we got rid of those bad guys for you. Let's let's make it down the back stairs. <laughs> all right. So it, the guys we were trying to kill, weren't they? <laughs> do you say that? I'm sorry, my, my fancy city door. friend is confused. <laughs> They're not a, the bad guys? Are they the bad guys or not? <laughs> Good, bad. It's it's a sliding scale. Let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Elias, from your vantage point across the street over there, as you're kind of heading back to your house, you hear the gunfire coming from the hotel. And Lillian, I'm not sure what you did after the Callahans took off. You were still at the gambling hall at that time uh, did you take off right after them or i took off and headed out to talk to manconi okay all right so it will take you by the hotel which you do see them running into the hotel uh as as you're going that way so is that still your intention yeah okay now, I should say at this point, we certainly have moved on into chapter four, the ordeal. <laughs> uh, so every everyone gets a plot point uh, for moving forward. And we probably should take a moment to take a look at our mo- our motivations and see how that has changed. So uh, we'll start uh, perhaps with uh, Lillian. Okay. What is your motivation now? 
My motivation is to get out of town safely. That's the main thing. I, I feel affinity for these people that I've banded with, but the only reason I'm here is because I've been trapped here. Now that now that my past has come back to haunt me and retrieve me um, back to some sort of some sort of justice on the West Coast, I feel like my shenanigans with Cornelius has has like probably led to preventing um, the Van Camps from tracking me. So I'm I'm trying to get out of town. Okay, Dr. Julius. Is your motivation still the same? In the desert. Yep. Okay. Still trying to build that damn thousand units. But, okay. Know, getting closer. Um, Elias. Um, I see the opportunity to eliminate the coyote gang. So that's my motivation is to just get rid of every one of them. Okay. Clear out the town and set us back to normal. Okay. Uh, Bill. Um, I, I feel like I'm just kind of in for a penny, in for a pound to help these people out with whatever crazy thing they got going on. You know, they're, they're kind of the only people I've been able to associate with and they all seem like good people. So he's, he's in for it. And Miss Tipple. Well, I guess everyone's pretty much on board. That was my motivation before was to try and convince everyone. And it just sort of happened that way. So I guess um, really my over, overall goal would be that the coyote gang um, sees justice for the things that they've done. So probably just see the plans through, try to get our concrete plan. We, our plans keep changing. So just to try and get them out of the way or make sure that they see, get just, see justice done to them basically. Okay. So I, <laughs> I don't know how to work that. All right. All right, so let's go back then. We know now, Lillian, you're trying to head to uh, hook back up with the with the troop. So Elias will move back to you after the gunfire. What do you do? Oh, dear. There seems to be a ruckus at the hotel. I hope Dr. Julius and Lillian and the rest are all right. I suppose I should probably head that way. Well, well, wait a minute, Elias, if there's gunfire, there's likely to be wounded, and seeing as to how you're now doctor by proxy, I suppose we should probably get our kit, and, well, okay, think, Elias, hold on a second, uh, okay, okay, we'll go back to the doctors and get our kit, and then we'll head over there and make sure everyone's all right. I'm going to totter back to the doctor's office and get the doctor's bag and throw a bunch of sedatives and medicine bandages and stuff like that in there. Okay. Let's go check on our on our friends. Start heading back to the hotel. Going straight towards it. <clears throat> okay, so you're heading towards the hotel. There's a little alley that kind of goes in between the hotel and the brothel. It is fortuitous that you are coming across the street at that time because the doors burst open in that alleyway coming from the hotel. And you see Bill, who is shouldering Cornelius Callahan, along with the assistance of Nelson Morrow, and coming out into the alleyway. It looks like both Nelson and Cornelius are, are wounded. Cornelius certainly the worse off of the two. And they're immediately followed by Dr. Julius and Miss Tipple, who are carrying what appear to be very lumpy bodies wrapped in sheets. No, not my suit. 
those uh, suits. And, yeah, they're so, wrapped in yeah. the sheets, but the suits around it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I still don't, so we're carrying the patriarch of the family. We're saving this guy? That's what Bill was doing, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So I see Bill burst out helping these two, followed by Dr. Julius and Miss Tipple carrying uh, a lumpy, a lumpy, lumpy body looking body thing with some nice suits <laughs> yeah. in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're all all right. Uh, Dr. Julius, Miss Tipple. Oh, hello, Bill. Uh, Mr. Cornelius and your associate. Uh, what happened? Is that a body in a sheet? We, we got shot. Hey, where's the doctor at? Well, I'm afraid the doctor's indisposed. He's he's treating the cholera outbreak in the mining town. I oh, am the doctor by bitch. proxy. This is no time. You're, to you're the doctor by proxy. You're the doctor. He's the doctor. He's a very good doctor. Oh, well, thank you, Dr. Julius. That of means course. a lot coming from okay. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a shame we're not the same type of doctor, I suppose. I would say we are. Oh, well, I, th- well, I suppose. Based on, yes. Can we stop all of this goddamn <laughs> blabbering? We got to get him to the doctor right now. Now, are you the doctor or not? I, I am the doctor, doctor. yes. Doctor, doctor. <laughs> doctor, which one of you is the goddamn doctor? <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're looking for a doctor to treat a gunshot wound, I suppose that would be the man you would be. Well, then, goddamn it, let's go. Oh, all right. Uh, one moment, Dr. Julius, Miss Tipplebill. You're all right? Is, is there anything I can help you with before I attend to these gentlemen? Oh, I, 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 I think we're fine. I think the best thing you could do is take these two gentlemen away from here and Get him passed up. Oh, I, oh absolutely, Mr. Bill. Uh, I shall, yes, yes. Uh, gentlemen, please uh, allow me to assist you uh, to the doctors. Uh, I'm afraid one of the beds is taken with a, a young lady, but but there's plenty of room there for me to uh, to patch you up and help you. Uh, sir, I see you are also shot. Would you would you be able to carry my bag though, and I, I will take Mr. Cornelius. I think I can manage. Let's just get to it. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, let's go. Uh, I will see the rest of you later, I suppose. Uh, if any of you have any wounds to attend to, please do stop by. I know sometimes in the flurry of gunfire, you may be hit and not realize it for a while, what with the adrenaline and whatnot. Thank you, Doctor. As best to Maybe you, Doctor. Very close, very close to your other patients. Yes, yes. Uh, is, is that a... Is that a body in a bag that you have? Is is that somebody else wounded? Yeah, no, that we're we're all good here. Okay, yes. Okay. Well, quick, quick to my new office. Yeah, Uh, of course. I'm going to take them back to the doctor's office. Blood transfusion from her to them. Sure. I don't think I don't think she has cholera. Oh, I thought she did. I thought there was some. No, she's just been beaten to a bloody pulp by uh, Cornelius' son. All right. Probably has syphilis. It probably has syphilis, yes. She certainly does. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to take them back to the doctor's office. Would you like to come with me, or would we like to follow the other's storyline? What the others are going to do? I'm going to go to them next. All right. We're on our way. Okay, Bill, Julius, and Miss Tipple, you guys are continuing on your path to the back. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. 
and then you're going to load everything up in the cart and and then where to from there <clears throat> take it up to the pueblo church where we yeah. were going to construct everything okay that's the plan all right, so you guys can go down the back alley uh, and then head on up. Obviously, there are there's really nobody that's probably going to stop you at this point because everybody's been shot up. And Lillian, you've made your way up to the encampment uh, at this time to speak with uh, your magician friend, the great man Coney. And you've made it up there safely uh, and haven't been accosted on the way. That's really, I think we're on the outskirts of town pretty much, right? If, if we're looking at the map, you're kind of on the north uh, edge of town. There's really no way out back there. You have to come through the town proper to get out. Uh, there's really only one way in, one way out. Okay. Regardless, if that's the way out, um, I, I want to tell the man Coney, the man Coney, I want to tell the great man Coney <laughs> that, um, I think this might be. There, the, there are some who call him Tim. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I, okay. I want to let um, Tim Manconi know that this may be the best time for us to, or for him to, you know, get the troop out of town. I think most of the, most of the gang has left town for Montrose. It's night. Um, those that are still here, I sent off on a wild goose chase that might be keeping them busy. I think they might be able to slip out of town. Like we might be able to go now. So Well, ever since you left, we have been packing everything up with the anticipation of leaving. So we have everything just about ready to go. It'll take us maybe about another 15 minutes, perhaps 30, uh, and then we should be able to be on our way. Do you have everything that you need? I've got everything on me that I need as, you know, I, I want to, you know, I can help load up the chuck wagon if you want. I think that's what they call it these days. <laughs> that would be of great help. Yes. Uh, anything you can do just to make it go faster. Yes. Let's, let's get on our way. All right. And then I'll pitch in and, and help loading up things onto the wagons. Okay. Uh, now we'll shift over to Elias. All so right, we have so Nelson got, and Cornelius, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, Nelson and Cornelius are there. Nelson, I'm going to have to have you go into this other room here, and, and uh, yeah, there's warm water and bandages. You clean your wound as best you can. I must tend to Mr. Cornelius. I hope you do understand why I must treat him first. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think I can manage myself. Uh, you said right around the corner here. Yes, yes. I, I will be in shortly. I will give you a mild sedative in order to help you relax and... Uh, and to help uh, ease some of the pain. All right, thank you. Mr. Cornelius, please, uh, oh, you must lie down. You, you have lost a lot of blood and, and I must tend to your wound. God damn it, get this goddamn bullet out of me. Absolutely, uh, and I hope you understand. Uh, I'm relatively new to this, but I, I do know my anatomy. Uh, the way the bullet is gone uh, through here, uh, through the appendix, like right mm. down at the butt base here. And then he got shot up here as well. Yeah. Mm, okay. Two shots. Mm -hmm. uh, I will have to, uh, to tend to the, uh, the upper extremities first, uh, the lower extremities, uh, 
very dangerous, but uh, the upper extremity, if that bullet moves, He reaches up and he grabs your tie and he pulls you right to him. He says, just get the fucking bullets out of me right now. Absolutely, sir. I apologize. I, I know I tend to ramble sometimes. It's just, I get into my medical bag and get my little vial out of my sedative. <clears throat> I put the syringe in and I start to draw it up. And I just keep drawing until it's completely full. Now, uh, unfortunately, what I'm going to do is, is likely to be painful. So I'm going to give you something to help numb the pain. And it, it may make you a little sleepy. But when you wake up, sir, there will be no more pain. You do understand, correct? Yeah, I understand. Thank you. Uh, it, will it, take, it will take effect rather quickly. So is there anything you need to say to me before before I commence with the surgery. We ain't getting married, son. Oh, okay. Well, then, let's go. And I start to administer it, and I push the whole thing in. Uh, yeah, it's very likely that you will lose your consciousness uh, in just a matter of moments. Uh, I, I'm going to start. Uh, let me find my instruments real quick, and I start rummaging around in my bag. You just keep talking. Certainly, Mr. Cornelius. Uh, are you feeling all right? Are you? I shall return for you in a moment. I must tend to your compadre. I'm going to toddle around to Mr. Nelson with my medical bag. Uh, I will be doing surgery on Mr. Cornelius shortly, but I promised you something for your pain, sir. This shall help you to sleep. And uh, the, as soon as I have the bullets removed from Mr. Cornelius, I will tend to you. I do promise. But in the meantime, I will need complete silence. So I hope you understand. I'm going to have to give you something to help you sleep. I, I don't want that. I, I, I need to make sure that Cornelius is okay. Oh, he'll be perfectly fine. He's in capable hands. And I'm afraid in your condition, sir, there is nothing you can do to help me except to to try to relax. And, and I'm afraid that I'm afraid that your pain is only going to get worse as that bullet continues to sink further into you. Allow me to give you something to help alleviate some of the pain, please. Okay. This is going to be a conflict. Uh, and this is uh, going to be to... Uh, convince Nelson to take his medicine. So it says, uh, navigate others. Uh, so it's personality. Ooh, I have a one. Okay. So I have a plus one and I'm rising. Does that make any difference? Mm, unless it says uh, like a plus one when rising next to your personality. So uh, do you have a... I have a plus one personality and plus one rising. So I should have a plus two? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. I rolled a five plus my two. Okay, so I, so I got you a seven. seven. Mm -hmm. Well, he's very resistant to it, but he says, all right, that's fine. If, if, if you need to give me this, that's fine. I understand, but you take care of him. You hear me? Or else... I got one bullet left in this gun, and if he isn't alive by the time I wake up, that bullet's going right in right in your skull. You hear me? Well, I understand completely, sir. I, I promise you, Mr. Cornelius. There's nothing you need to worry about with him. The man will not be in pain. I will. I will take good care of him. He will be perfectly fine. All right. So he lets you give him the medicine. Give him the medicine. 
now you're going to get sleepy and sometimes it takes effect relatively quickly but i will make sure that you are taken care of as well and and you guys are in good hands so don't worry about it and you just remember what i say (laughs) and he's out all right all right i suppose it's time for me to get to work you can do this Elias. remember the doctor's rules is first do no harm but i feel like part of that must be to prevent further harm yes all right now where did i put that bag i get back in the bag and i pull out mm-hmm. another two vials and i drop two more syringes mm-hmm. all right let's treat these patients and i go back to cornelius and i push them both and he ceases breathing. As I promised you, Mr. Cornelius, there would be no more pain. Oh, Mr. Nelson, I, I almost forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I get back in the bag and I find one more vial. Yep. And I draw it up. Mm-hmm. I come back in there and I say, all right, Mr. Nelson, if you wake up and you find that Mr. Cornelius is in no more pain, I'm afraid that you will have completely misunderstood me, so... Well, I suppose if you don't wake up, then we never have to have that discussion. And I push that last vial, the last syringe of uh, medicine into him as well. All right. He's doing some baby cats, see? (laughs) Uh, I suppose if this doesn't work, I have a bucket of water. (laughs) (laughs) Call back. (laughs) Everything comes full circle. It's the circle of life. So what happens with Nelson when I give that to him? It takes a little bit longer. Uh, his, his breathing begins to slow down. Uh, and then eventually after about five minutes or so, uh, it does cease. This wasn't the plan, but I suppose, I suppose the end results are the same. And I'm going to go back in and check on Ava. She's sleeping or uh yep, still asleep, but breathing breathing fine. Oh Ava. We get out one more vial and (laughs) 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 we've now created a serial killer. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Just gonna lay my hand on her forehead. Uh, I believe that things are gonna be all right in our town. I'm sorry that this happened to you, but I hope that when you wake up, you understand that the things that were done here were done for good. Now, if you'll forgive me, uh, I need to go do my other job. My original calling, I suppose. There are bodies to be buried. Uh, And that's a good transition right there. (laughs) That's a good line there, Elias. Well, he spends a lot of time talking to himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Julius, Miss Tipple, and Bill, uh, you guys have made it up uh, to the ranch, Ghost Ranch. And I should say, uh, in your journey up the hill, you do take note, it is extremely dark uh, out here tonight. Uh, no moon 
in the sky, which uh, Dr. Julius, that keys you into the fact that the time is certainly drawing near for the eclipse. Um, it's completely clear skies and all you see are stars. Yes, it's a very good time. We must set up quickly. We must assemble the tazimeter very quickly. I have the diagrams here. We can all work together on it. Okay. When you set it up on the highest hilltop with no shade, well, okay. there'll be shade. well, there will be no shade tomorrow in a very open space. And the highest one we can find close to the, the little abbey. Okay. And then is it your plan then to try to do as much of the assembly then tonight uh, as possible? Oh, yeah. Well, I've assembled most of it. We were able to, <laughs> I, I made it so that it could be easily transported in three parts. So with the three bags, we could fold it up and we can almost put it together almost like a, like a, you know, pre-built set. We can do it very quickly, probably within three hours. Okay. All right. And it's uh, getting probably close to midnight at this point. So you have it up by three or four a.m. We should be ready by tomorrow. Okay. All right. So if you guys are going to work on that for a while, Dr. Julius, you are the expert on putting this together. So I'll I will make you roll for this one. Absolutely. Uh, so, so this will be uh, mm -hmm. assembling the tazimeter is your conflict. Yes. Okay, I'm rolling the actual dice here, the two little. Okay, I have rolled a nine. This is uh, taking care of a need. Yeah. Uh, so that's a flat roll, so that's instinct. So if you have any pluses Plus in the instinct. So we have a 10 on that. Okay, so then you have narrative control. Yes, so we, it seems to go according to plan. We assemble the tazimeter and the structure is reaching up approximately 15 feet off the ground and, and approximately 12 feet in diameter. Uh, and it's fully assembled now and seems we seem to have all the parts in place. Nothing was damaged on the way. Um, and we're ready for this eclipse tomorrow. So I think everything has gone according to plan. Uh, and I think we are ready to to actually activate it upon the eclipse tomorrow. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Ms. Tipple, for all your hard work on it. Pleasure. Lillian, uh, while they are in the process of assembling the tazimeter, you and your magic troop are getting ready to head out of town. Yes. So, the great man Coney uh, gathers the, the rest of his troop, uh, and there are uh, four wagons in the caravan. And uh, he pulls you up to sit with him at the, uh, at the, at the front uh, of, the, of the caravan. Uh, and he says, you know, I want to thank you for this. I know that we have been trapped here for the last several weeks. And uh, whatever you have going on in, in your life, I know you and I have had skirting conversations with your past. And I know you've been very protective of it uh, throughout our relationship. And I have respected that. And I, I want to know that you know you are part of this family and a valued part of this family. You asked 
you know, uh, before you left, when I asked you to check around town and see, you know, what our chances were of getting out of here tonight, you asked uh, if if I would leave you behind. I would never do such a thing. I know I'm maybe not the bravest soul that you've ever met in your travels, but once you are a part of this troop, you are always a part of this troop, and you are a part of my family, and I adore you, and I look forward to much better adventures uh, along the path that, that we, we are now taking. Tim, I'm touched. I really um, appreciate what you said. Like it means a lot to me. And I, I really appreciate the chance that you took picking me up on that, that, that dusty road when my wagon broke down. Um, so thank you. Well, I do believe that you have brought true magic to our company. And we have many more tales to tell as we journey on. Um, and this conversation takes you uh, pretty much through the town on the outskirts. And as you're climbing the hill up towards Ghost Ranch, you can kind of see a, a, a campfire in the distance there uh, and some shadowed figures fervently working on a piece of machinery that you certainly recognize as the, uh, the friends that you have made uh, in your stay here at Devil's Canyon. And it's a bit bittersweet uh, as, as you watch those shadows toiling away as you continue on your journey. And I'm sure there's a little bit of regret that weighs a little heavy on you as, as you leave, but you also take some heart in the knowledge that whatever it was that, that ha happened after uh, Cornelius and his right and left-hand man departed for the hotel, you, you know that the three of them made it out alive. Absolutely. So your journey uh, takes you several hours up the road. It's pretty slow moving with the caravan. And uh, you are probably maybe about an hour and a half or so out of Devil's Canyon. And up in the distance, you see some lone riders uh, kind of heading your way. It's, it's very dark out. But your eyes have kind of gotten accustomed to the darkness at this point. So you can make out some shadowy figures up ahead, most of which are on horseback, uh, but several that are just walking behind the horses. Manconi is, you know, certainly cautious of any travelers, you know, that he meets. Uh, so he kind of pulls the caravan over a little bit to the side, you know, just to make room for this party that is coming through. And there are torches that uh, are on your caravan, you know, to help light the way uh, in the darkness here. And as you get a little bit closer to this group, you see several individuals that look rather familiar to you. Just a few little faces. Uh, this is Waverly Callahan here and his best friend, Ethan Wood. Uh, and some of the other figures also, you know, bear some resemblance to some of the other members of the Crimson Coyote gang. Um, but as the light hits them, you can see what appears to be like an emptiness in their eyes. And upon 
closer inspection, they seem to be covered in blood uh, oh, and, 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 and viscera. Oh, I don't even think Elias could do anything with this mess. Um, they look in bad, bad shape. What do you suppose? Can we get out of sight? Is are they? Have they spotted us? Well, I mean, they're right directly in your path, uh, and there's really nothing uh, in between. It is just desert here. Uh, so to get out of their way would take you off of the road, and it would endanger uh, the carts for sure. Yeah. Um, and they continue to approach, and now you can see them kind of almost shambling. They're all kind of limping in different uh, rhythms and so forth. And uh, the horses now that you can see them a little bit more clearly, uh, one of the horses, the jaw, the lower jaw is completely gone. So you just see the teeth uh, that are hanging there. Several of them have holes in them, as do some of the individuals. And as the light hits them and, and they're getting closer, they certainly now have taken notice of you all and the hor your horses that are uh, attached to your wagon begin to whinny and neigh and rear a little bit. They are scared of what it is that is coming your way. Okay. Um, well, they have clearly spotted us and we, I don't think we want anything to do with them. I'm afraid I might've left my lead pipe back in town. Uh, so can I create some sort of a distraction? I mean, they, they see us and they they seem to be drawn toward us and our torches. If, if there's some way I can use some of those um, phosphorus scrapings that I pulled out of the cave to create some sort of attraction away from mm -hmm. our path. Yeah, that will be uh, a protect role, uh, which is instinct. Uh, and the conflict is now zombie horde. <laughs> okay. Nine. Nine. Okay, did you have any pluses on that? Um, no, no. Okay, so straight roll. Yeah. Okay. So phosphorus is, is where you're going with that, right? Okay, so you take the phosphorus, phosphorus and blow it out towards them, and it causes a big flame, uh, and it catches Ethan Wood here on fire. Uh, and he then begins to shamble and throw his arms up in the air, and uh, he lets out this unearthly growl-slash-moan the likes of which you've never heard before. Just this. <laughs> and uh, the horses, your horses now have reared up uh, and have begun to dart. And in doing so, it goes through uh, the walking, walking dead. <laughs> Uh, the ones not on horses, the ones that are on horses then kind of scatter to the side. 
and it tramples uh, one of the uh, the zombies, and you hear it just squelch uh, underneath the wheels of the cart. It took off in such a jolt that uh, Manconi unfortunately falls, and you now are left in charge of the reins at this point, uh, and the horses are are just bucking out of control. Now you uh, you succeeded in your role, so you can increase one uh, on your arc. And Elias, I think uh, I bypassed that for you and for Ju Dr. Julius as well. You guys both succeeded in your roles, so make sure you get a plus one to your arcs as well. I marked it. Okay. And where does that put everyone now at this point for the three of you? I'm at a plus three. Plus three. I'm at plus three. Okay. Lillian? Uh, this seems like new math to me. I, I, I'm not sure. I'll have to go back. I have to go back and see. Yeah. It's tied to the rolling, right? I don't think yes. I have a uh -huh. very bad roll yet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm trying to remember the last time that I knew where you were. Uh, I haven't been keeping track of that myself. I know you were, I think, at least a plus two. Okay. So I'm probably at least a plus three? At least a plus three, if not a plus four. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because you rolled twice tonight, didn't you? Yeah. Going out the window. Oh, you window. did twice? Mm -hmm. Well, then you might be plus five then. Hey, you won. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> Lillian Bill won. <laughs> so at this point now, uh, there's a new conflict on the table, which is uh, the wagon is out of control. So you'll have to gain control of the wagon. Okay. And that would be a protect roll once again. Yeah. Uh, I just rolled. A two. Oops. <laughs> All right. So you are doing your best to try to get the horses out of control. Uh, and unfortunately, everything you do is completely in vain. And they are running over rocks and, uh, and boulders and so forth. And once it finally hits one of the larger boulders, the wheel breaks and the horses, the connective uh, wood that connects the uh, uh, the horses to the wagon itself breaks and they run off. So you are now stranded uh, out there with those things off in the distance. Now you've got a pretty decent amount of distance between you and them, but you can hear off in the distance uh, the screams of your fellow troop members that are attempting to fend off whatever these creatures now have become. Well, that's not good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, this is not what I trained for. <laughs> I mean, what I really, what I really need is to, man, what I really need is a good dark room and a strong solar flare and some way to like reach out and try to calm these spirits but, but everything is so chaotic right now and I'm concerned about Manconi and all of the the others who are in the fray right now 
Zombie horde. What do I do? All right, I'm going to let you think about it, and then we'll go back to uh, Elias. So were you preparing the bodies then for, uh, yes. for burial? Uh, yes, because at this point I know that I have to cover my tracks. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to go on ahead and in case somebody else from the Coyote gang makes it back to town, I am going through and I'm basically embalming them and removing vital organs and getting them ready to be buried okay. so that I can say that they bled out after the stuff and there was nothing we could do. So, okay. Um, so I'm actually have gotten them transported over to um, my little shop. So are you, you- just going to lay them out, you know, to, uh, to be, to be able to start working on them. Uh, what time is it? A little after midnight at this point. It's late and I'm pretty tired. So yeah, I've got them pretty much both laid out in my little room and ready to be worked on first thing in the morning. Okay. I don't expect anybody to come back tonight. That'll give me enough time. Okay. Um, so, well, well gentlemen, I do hope that that I've been forgiven for what I have done, but I do feel that, well, you understand you weren't good men. And sometimes a good man must do something bad in order to stop an even worse man, so. But, well, all of this devilry has really tuckered me out, so I suppose I will retire and I shall attend to you both in the morning. I should assume that you will both be comfortable here. <laughs> Well, this is a little undertaker humor. I'm sorry. Not many people understand. Well, good night. And I go to close the door on the back of the room and I'm going to go to sleep. Okay. So. I'll switch back to uh, Lillian. Uh, Have you decided on what you want to do at this point? Yeah, my my first attempt is going to be to see if I can possibly do something a little more intense than that that flash distraction to try to protect. I mean, I understand we're sort of under attack right now, right? Mm-hmm. There's There are scraps going on. Yeah, uh, the horses took you pretty far away from it uh, at this oh. point. So, I mean, you, yeah, you yeah. would have to you would have to make your way back to uh, the location of the rest of the caravan. So that's, you know, probably a good football field away. Okay. So in the immediate safety that I'm experiencing, I'm going to see if I can possibly reach through to the spirits that I know are there, always with us, and see if they can present some sort of pushing back, just like a gentle barrier to protect the caravan. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to have you roll rally, uh, which is a morality roll. Okay. I'm, I'm working with the, the crystal ball. And I've only rolled a five. I don't have any pluses um, on a morality. Okay. With a five. It, what are you using there? This is the crystal ball. This okay. is Chekhov's gun. <laughs> Uh, so you make some motions over top of the crystal ball and you unfortunately are not able to draw forth, uh, any spirits, 
but what you do see uh, inside the crystal ball is you see the face of Bill McLean. And uh, he is writhing in agony. And it's you see his face, and then it slowly begins to pan down. And you see the creatures that the Coyote gang has become. Uh, and you see them ripping into his flesh and pulling out his entrails. And beginning to bite them and chew on them. And uh, they are consuming him. Okay. I need to commandeer a horse and get and get back to warn um, my friends. You have a plot point? I have lots and lots of plot points. <laughs> I can't just give you a horse. Un- unless you spend a plot point. Yeah, I'll buy a pony. Okay. As it happens, one of the other horses has gotten loose uh, from the caravan, from uh, from behind you, and it is it is running your way in order to attempt to escape the uh, the horror uh, that is happening. And you're able to get in front of it, and it kind of rears up, bucks up just a little bit, but it recognizes you, and you're able to calm it down enough to where you could mount it. So I, I will head back toward the toward the flames, toward my friends up on the ridge. Okay. All right. So it's going to take you about an hour and a half. Uh, well, maybe less than that since you're on horseback. So probably about 30 minutes maybe uh, since you're probably booking it to get there. 30 minutes, 45 minutes or so to get there. And this would be roughly around the time that uh, Dr. Julius, Miss Tipple, and Bill are finishing their tazimeter. So you roll up uh, as you see them uh, celebrating perhaps with a a beer or a glass of wine or some whiskey or or something of the sort. What time is it? Probably 2.30, 3 o'clock. Julius, you're up so late. This isn't... My dear Lillian, how has your night been? As you can see, look, we finished the tazimeter. It's such a fabulous night. We're celebrating here, not with champagne. That didn't go so well, but with what we could find in the local bar that we brought with us. So would you care for a glass? No, no. Where did you get the horse? Bill, don't don't even ask. It's uh, quite a story. Are you okay? Uh, Am I okay? Bill. Uh... As far as I know, I got a little, little scratch earlier, but uh, no, feel okay. no what? No demons. Your entrails are still intact. Um, again, not that, not that I know of. Uh, I think, I think I'm all right. You had that problem. You went away for about half an hour. There, remember? You, you know, you ate something or something. What? You ate something bad. You said you had to go away and just, you know, clear the system. I don't know. Is that what you mean by entrails? I think. I, 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 maybe something. I problem tonight. I'm not sure why. <laughs> you don't have to go into detail, Phil. I, I, I just wanted to make sure you were okay. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I saw I saw something frightful, and I um, I needed to come back and warn you. There's a um, oh my gosh, I don't even. You know, we were speaking the other day about revenants. Is that the word? I'm afraid I have some bad news. Lillian, what are you talking about, dear? <laughs> you have a horse and you're talking about revenants? Yeah, I've been, I'm a little shaken up. I've, I've just been on the, you know, I'm a little dehydrated. I've haven't slept in so many hours and um you know there's this Hieronymus Bosch situation <laughs> behind me um I think Bill's in danger and it looks like there's been some sort of a a, a, a tear in the fabric between the spirit world or the demon world and our living world I've seen I've seen um, figures on fire, but alive. I've seen um, horses with dislocated ghostly jaws, um, disfigured bodies covered in blood and gore, and they're coming this way. But also oh. in, in the crystal ball, I saw a vision of Bill being torn apart by these spirits. So I'm so glad that everyone's okay at the moment, right? Uh, have you been drinking or doing something else? Why don't you get down off that horse, dear? Are you calling me hysterical? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not, well, why don't you come down off the horse and kind of explain things that uh, we don't quite understand what you're talking about. All right. Due to the sake of time here, I'm going to shift really quickly back to Elias. Elias, you've turned in for the evening. You've rested your head on your pillow and you've drifted off to a nice, comfortable sleep. But then partway through the early morning hours, you are awakened by a noise coming from somewhere in your abode. A loud thump. Uh, hello? Is there somebody there? Uh, Dr. Julius? Uh, Bill? Doctor! Uh, well, I'm asked, I am the doctor by proxy, yes. Uh, are you looking for the actual doctor? Or are you looking for somebody who can tend to you now? Because the actual doctor is... Well, who is this? Doctor! Yes, so I will make the assumption that you need to be treated now. Then you, you sound as though something is wrong. Where is this noise coming from? It's coming from out in the uh, the area where you do All the right. embalming. I'm going to go over and unlock the door and slowly open it up. Is there somebody in here that, that needs help? And you peer through the door and you see Cornelius uh, standing there. Uh, have you already stripped him nude for the embalming? Well, All right. Well, he's standing there as naked as the day he was born. And the wound where the he had taken the shot in the shoulder and in the uh, lower abdomen have, has turned gangrenous. 
and is seeping a green and bloody mucus and he has that same kind of bloody mucus kind of coming out of his mouth as well and he says doctor and from behind him you see uh, his buddy nelson as well who is now walking towards you with the same uh, gory look as uh, as the leader of the Crimson Coyote gang. And that will be our cliffhanger for the next episode. 